everybody, and welcome back to the Out To Be podcast. My guest today is Chris Bullard. Chris is a musician who now focuses his energies towards building an open dialogue and community around mental health through his organization, Sound Mind. Sound Mind leverages the power of music and musical events to catalyze social change for mental health in the music industry. They put on shows and really awesome events and just create support for musicians who are looking for this outlet. So this episode is really amazing. We get to learn a lot about Sound Mind and what they're doing and a lot about Chris, what brought him to creating Sound Mind and what brought him to where he is today, including his journey with bipolar disorder. So it's a really, really interesting episode. I'm glad to also be talking about bipolar disorder in this episode because so far we focused primarily on mental health issues, more around anxiety and depression, but bipolar and other mental health diagnoses are just as important to be talking about. So I'm really thankful for Chris for opening up and sharing his story with us so that we can listen. And it it gives a way more insight and way more depth to why he created Sound Mind and why this matters so much. So, so fun talking to Chris. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Before we hop into the episode, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my one-on-one out-to-be wellness coaching. If you follow me on Instagram or you did the time management free challenge that was last week, then you already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway that I just opened five spots for my one-on-one wellness coaching and enrollment ends tonight. So you have one more day to apply. And if you apply before the deadline, I want to offer my podcast listeners free access to a social media masterclass I am hosting. This masterclass has limited spots available. So not only will you get one of those limited spots, but you will get free access if you apply to my one-on-one coaching program within the next 24 hours before the deadline. The masterclass will include social media tips for how to grow your following, how to grow your engagement, and it will also include personalized Instagram audits, which means I will take a look at your Instagram and see where exactly you can be doing better, including your bio, your photos, your captions, your engagement, all that jazz. So if this is something you are interested in, you know you want to upgrade your wellness, your self-care, and your time management habits and routines while still continuing to grow your career and have a life, this is the perfect program for you. You can head to my website, katiezacardi.com, for more information on the coaching program or head straight to the application to apply at bit.ly slash outtobecoaching and both links will be in the show notes. I can't wait to serve five new people through this one-on-one coaching program, and I'm really, really excited to get started with all of them this May. So if you're ready to be one of those people, then head to the link to apply now. All right, here is my episode with Chris Bullard. Hey, Chris, and welcome to the Out To Be podcast. Hey, Katie, how are you? Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here today. So we're going to talk a little bit about your journey and what you're doing now with Sound Mind, which is a really, really awesome initiative. But before we get there, I want to learn a little bit more about you. So can you introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah. Um, so my name's Chris uh, from LA originally. Uh, so, you know, being in New York, I'm learning the faster pace of life. Um, I've been a musician my entire life. I grew up uh, playing piano from the age of five and then moved to guitar. And I toured the country a couple times after graduating college, which was an incredible experience. Um, And then, uh, you know, I'm at a different stage in life now. I ended up after touring, uh, going to grad school, 
got my MBA and started working in the nonprofit world. Um, and then really my efforts in music led me towards really supporting people with issues of mental illness and uh, promoting mental health. Um, I've, I live with a mental illness diagnosis myself and it's something very close to me and my family. Um, and that's the whole reason I uh, created Sound Mind and have been working on that now. So before we get into what Sound Mind is and what you do, I'd love to hear more about how you got to create this organization, which of course ties into your own journey with mental health. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's important to kind of go through that journey. Um, so as I mentioned, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs of LA, you know, went to a good school and then had this amazing opportunity after college to tour and kind of, you know, my life was on a, this really good track. Um, we were graced to play with, um, you know, Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson. We were kind of in that whole folk world. That's amazing. And um, it was, yeah, you know, one of the coolest parts of my life, just being able to see the country and meet so many interesting people and then obviously play music. Um, and, uh, you know, when, when that ended, um, you know, we, our band kind of broke up. I ended up working for a company back in Los Angeles and then was trying to start uh, my own company and was just in a period of really high stress. Uh, I was in my, my mid-20s and I uh, ended up having my first bipolar episode. I was diagnosed, um, that, well, at the moment, I, I, I didn't really know what was going on. Um, you know, basically I, I was trying to start this company. I was going to investor meetings and things just seemed to have this cosmic universal significance that they wouldn't in, you know, your everyday life, um, where, you know, people would be, say one thing and I would interpret it as, you know, my response is going to impact whether I go to heaven or hell or something like that. Um, and, you know, at the moment, it wasn't bizarre to me, but I ended up, I was at my girlfriend at the time's uh, place. I woke up in the middle of the night. I went to the window and I just remember coming back into bed. And this was before I had moved to New York. And I kept repeating the words, I need to go to New York or I'm going to die. Uh, and I just, that, that's all I could repeat. And it obviously freaked her out. Um, I ended up, my parents came and got me and I ended up getting into a psychiatric ward. Um, where they didn't really know what was going on. It was very, I mean, at the moment, I wasn't even scared. I was just kind of going through this experience um, and ended up, you know, afterwards, they diagnosed me as bipolar, which, you know, for me, what that means is most of the time I am completely normal, able to function. I take medication now. Um, but if I don't take care of myself, I can slip into a manic episode where, um, basically I become a little bit, for me, that I become a little bit disjointed with reality. Um, and, you know, for me, what the beauty of what came out of this is one, finding the sense of community. Um, when I was in the psychiatric ward with the people there, all walks of life, you know, people extremely successful, people that were living on the street, all kind of coming together. And what was really cool for me is, you know, I one day sat down at the guitar and started strumming and all of a sudden everyone's joining around and singing and you know you're in this environment where a lot of it is um you're you're getting fed medication and you're just trying to recover and really what was the most therapeutic thing for everyone there i found was music um so after i moved to new york and got my grad degree um, i started volunteering for national alliance on mental illness uh, which is a large grassroots advocacy organization for mental health 
and leading a, a music support program. And you know what I realized is music can do more than just heal and build community. When you look at large events like uh, Live Earth or Farm Aid, it can really bring about huge social change. And one of the biggest things for me and all the people that I've met um, that you know either live with a diagnosed mental illness or just are afraid to talk about mental health in general, it's that stigma that still exists, um, that we don't talk about mental health the way we talk about physical health. And that's what really led to the creation of Sound Mind, which you know, I'm sure we can get into more, but at its root, um, Sound Mind brings together music lovers, um, musicians, and forward-thinking organizations to build an open dialogue and community around mental health through the vehicle of and the power of music um, and doing that through musical events. So I'm actually not as familiar with bipolar disorder. I'd love to ask you a little bit more about that if that's okay with you. And when you go back to the beginning of it and you, you mentioned when you had that first episode, you didn't really know what was happening at the time. But what did that episode look like for you? Does it last for several days or weeks? Or is it like that one day where you're where you mentioned you were standing at the window saying you have to go to New York, you have to go to New York. What does that normally look like? And especially for someone who's not as familiar with it, I don't personally think that we talk about bipolar as much as we should. We talk about anxiety and depression. I think a little bit more people are getting more comfortable with that. But some of the other mental health issues that people struggle with aren't actually talked about and people don't quite know as much about them. So would you mind sharing a little bit more on that? Yeah, um, I, I think that's really important because bipolar, sometimes people think of it as, I mean, it, it is a more severe mental illness, um, but a lot of times when you see people with bipolar disorder in the media, you know, in, in movies, um, it looks like it can be, it's just very violent. Bradley Cooper was in a movie recently where he has kind of these violent manic outbursts, and that can be the case, but for most people, it, it's not violent. Um, and there's actually two types of bipolar. One type is um, where it's called like rapid cycling, where you have uh, people that just kind of slip from more depressed states to more energetic manic states quite often. Um, that's bipolar two. What I have is bipolar one, where actually my normal state is pretty level. And people with bipolar one usually, usually either tend to slip once in a while into a more severe depressed state or a more severe manic state. For me, it's on the manic side. And what that means is, I mean, what I, what I notice is just for a week leading up to the actual episode, you know, I'm a little more energized. I might not be sleeping as much. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just, I have so much energy. And I'm super involved in, in a million things and I'm taking on way too much. And, but then the actual episode itself, which is where, you know, I'll talk to my friends and they'll be like, Chris, you're, you know, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Like it, it moves from high energy to you're kind of losing touch with reality. That, um, it can depend from person to person. For me, it's, it's usually like a few days. Um, it's, so I've had three bipolar episodes and, um, and really the biggest thing to avoid that it's completely avoidable is you know getting on a medication that works for someone and then just taking care of your mental health normal things like sleeping regularly and getting exercise um and not taking on too much or having too much stress in your life 
I'm so glad you mentioned that because my next question was going to be, how do you manage it on a day-to-day level? So besides those things, do you have any other routines or habits or things that you do regularly to make sure that you don't, that you take space, that you don't start going super high energy or overload yourself or get extra stressed out to possibly trigger an episode? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I, I think it depends a little bit from person to person They, you know, you kind of have to find your own thing. I think one common ground of all people I know with a diagnosis is getting on some form of medication that works for you, which in itself is a battle because some medication, I mean, all the medications have side effects. It's just, you know, finding one that where the side effects don't actually hit you um, can take a long time. I got lucky the first medication I tried has been working great. Um, But I think more, maybe like equally or even more importantly is kind of that day-to-day stuff where I try to get to bed at around the same time every day. I make sure I'm exercising a few times a week because one, that clears my head and two, it just has a positive positive chemical effect on my body. Um, And the other thing for me that's been really important um, and I've seen been helpful for other people is going to support groups. Um, So NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, the organization that I volunteered with, they host support groups for people with depression, anxiety, bipolar, a a number of different uh, mental health related issues, and just connecting with other people that are going through something similar. Um, One, it's very grounding, and two, it's just a great community of support if you ever need that. That's amazing. Yeah. I think it's so important to make sure that we are doing regular things to keep our bodies healthy, but I love the support groups too. And it makes me wonder, can you tell us more about what the support group that you created, the music support group that you were doing uh, when you moved to New York? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So really, you know, people use music for mental health um, in a number of ways, and you can become a licensed music therapist and really go to the next level of, you know, healing and actual therapy through music. Uh, I'm not a licensed music therapist, and I have a lot of respect for people who do, but our group is more about really building community uh, and bringing people together um, through music, which obviously it happens every day at festivals, when you go to the show, when you're just talking about music with friends. But really, this is a way to talk about whatever you're going on related to mental health through music. So what we do is we start out with a couple sing-alongs on just, you know, all right, everyone getting together, you know, the music group is usually like 10 to 20 people and just building that community by everyone singing together. And then, but then from there, it kind of moves on towards uh, how do you actually start talking about mental health through music? So talking about songs that mean something to you, sharing that with the group, seeing what the group thinks, and then just kind of creating an open conversation around music. Um, Or, you know, it doesn't always have to be about mental health, but because you're there for that reason of mental health, that kind of gets interweaved into conversations about, you know, maybe someone loves a musician who's dealt with mental health related issues or a song that has helped them get through a really difficult time and they can talk about that and it opens up you know, something they needed to talk about that they didn't realize they needed to talk about and they could talk about that with the group. So it's just the music kind of becomes a vehicle for for open conversation. Are you still putting these groups on? I do. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to do it. So I'm only doing it uh, once a month now. Um, But we do uh, every 
second Saturday. So actually tomorrow we're doing a group um, in uh, in Midtown Manhattan at the NAMI offices. Oh, amazing. Is that the same place every time? Or does it move around? Yeah, exactly. What songs do you guys sing during the first part of it when you're all singing together? It is such a variety. So you can imagine like the people that show up to this, you know, you had young, old, black, white, you know, all different races, all different um, generations. So it's a huge span. Like it'll be Nirvana. It'll be Sly and the Family Stone. It'll be um, Aretha Franklin and you too. Like, you know, I think it usually ends up being really feel good songs um, that have a positive message. Um, but that has, or, or songs, you know, like Nirvana, where you're really talking about mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really, it really spans the gamut. Um, but that, that's also kind of what makes it so interesting is even myself, I mean, I've been a musician my whole life. I listen to every single genre, but often I'll walk out of there with a new artist I've never heard of. That's just some random artist that, you know, someone that was into music in the seventies was really super into. Um, and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I've never heard of that artist before. I'm going to go check them out. That's awesome. It sounds like a lot of fun and also a really great place where people can go and like talk to other people who are in a similar situation as them and want to talk about this topic more and really open up about it, which is something, of course, I'm trying to do it. I think more and more people are trying to open up this conversation, but we still need to make people more aware of where they can do it and where they can feel safe doing it as well, because that's a really important part of it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I see more and more of those kind of spaces coming into existence. Um, you know, even here in the New York area, as I've uh, started Sound Mind, just seeing different organizations and like this podcast is incredible. Um, it, it's great to just see more of the dialogue and a movement being built around just talking about mental health and, and building more community around it. It's, it's really fantastic. Totally. So you're in New York, you're doing the support group, you're doing amazing things with your life. What made you think, okay, I want to take it a step further and I want to create Sound Mind? So it's interesting. I, I went to um, Kenya, actually, and there is a woman there who um, works with kind of impoverished children in, in a ghetto in Nairobi. Um, and put together this music group called Ghetto Classics. And they, you know, what she does is she trains these students who, you know, haven't had the opportunity to even move beyond the slum at any point and trains them in music and has created this music program for them. And, you know, I visited her because it reminded me very much of how I'm trying to to build community in a marginalized community in New York. but then what they did is um, a musician in Poland brought this organization to Poland and they created kind of a whole festival around it um, to raise awareness uh, of you know, what was going on in the slum and just poverty in general. And you know, they raised a ton of money, a ton of people went, and it just really elevated a conversation that needed to happen. And obviously this is very different than mental health, but it just got me thinking of, wow, this is something that I could do. Um, And, you know, as I mentioned in music, when I was touring, I was, um, you know, I played with Willie Nelson and he's one of the founders of Farm Aid, which really builds awareness and raises money for family farmers all around the Midwest. And so looking at that model, I saw that there's really nothing being done 
similarly for mental health. You know, you kind of have these one-off benefit concerts, but it's more of like a one-time thing or, you know, it can be really expensive to attend. And so really the concept of why I, I founded Sound Mind was to create that same sort of vehicle for mental health, which is super unique in the fact that also 70% of musicians live with a mental health issue, which is a staggering number, but it also means that they're a huge influencer group that can really speak to the cause, speak to their own journeys, um, and garner that kind of awareness and dialogue that people have. So for people who are unfamiliar with what you guys do, can I know you mentioned it before, but can you give us a, a little brief overview of what you do, what's coming up for you, and what you'll be continuing to do in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, at a, at a high level, SoundMind, the vision is to reduce the stigma that surrounds mental health using music as a, as a vehicle to catalyze that social change. Um, and so we are building musical events to bring people together around that and to really amplify the voice of artists who are speaking out on the cause. Um, so we, uh, so Katie and I actually got introduced through So Far Sounds, who we partnered with for a couple smaller events. Um, and our, our first larger event is in May, um, which, so May is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh, and we're doing it in partnership with NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness, as well as the Grammys Music Cares, WFUV Radio, and a couple other music industry organizations. And... Um, really the format of the show is we're having three musical acts, all fantastic, uh, Langhorn Slim, Torres, and Rosie Carney, who've all, you know, spoken out in major media publications about their mental health journeys and what mental health personally means to them. And so, you know, at the show, they're going to be performing, um, but also engaging in a dialogue about their own journey on mental health. And then we're having uh, a speaker, uh, the comedian Aparna Nancharla is going to be speaking about her journey on mental health. We'll have spoken word, um, interactive mural art, the number of things to just really build an interactive experience and multifaceted way for the audience to come into this experience of mental health. Um, so really excited. So it's it's May 13th at Rough Trade New York City. And um, you know, that that's the first event, but our ultimate aim is really to to set this free and and take the model to build this into a larger annual events and annual festival around mental health here in New York City, um, but then also um, continue to build a community of, of smaller events here in the region. And, and you know, we'd hopefully love to see this uh, replicated in, in other cities as well. I know I'd love to see it in all over. <laughs> I want to see it everywhere because <laughs> it's such a fun thing, but I am very excited and lucky that I'm in New York so I can come to the very first one and experience this awesome awesome show that you're going to put on that's also like i love that you're bringing in other forms of art as well it's really really cool how did you find the artists that you wanted to work with for this so um the very first step was putting together a huge list of who are the artists that have spoken out about this and you know it's not at first, uh, we thought, you know, that might not be an easy thing to do, mental health, you know, there's this stigma around it, probably there's not a lot of media out there. And to our surprise, when you start looking, um, artists are talking about this in various pockets all across the board, you know, through their music, through their lyrics, through their personal experiences. Um, and then, so once we had that list, we actually ended up partnering 
with uh, the Wild Honey Pie, which is a music media organization here in New York City. Um, and they also host kind of these uh, small dinner parties, which are like these intimate community events, bringing people together around music. Um, and so uh, Eric, um, the, the founder of Wild Honey Pie, uh, mental health is something very important to, and personal to him as well. Um, so we, we partnered on the booking uh, for this show for the, for the musical acts with them. Um, and uh, it's fantastic. Um, and Langhorn Slim in particular, I had, I had the good fortune of, of meeting him at an event uh, two weeks ago. And it's just, it's really inspiring just to hear him already kind of talking about the topic. And he's been posting on social media about um, his views on, on mental health and the stigma that surrounds it. So um, yeah, it's been really great to see that kind of support kind of come around the cause. So you are an artist yourself who is speaking out about this, what would you say to artists who are going through a similar thing and maybe they want to talk about it, but they're not sure how, or they're not sure if they're, if they should, because of course it's a very personal thing for so many people. Do you have any advice for someone who is stuck in that place and knows that they want to talk about it a little bit more and share what they're going through, but aren't really sure how, or if they should? Yeah. Um, my advice is share, um, you know, the, it, it can be difficult, particularly when you're first facing something. I think for me, there is an aspect of shame. There is an aspect of denial of, oh, it's not that bad, or, uh, you know, I can deal with this. And, you know, sometimes you can, but sometimes you can't. And you don't want to let things get to the place where you can't handle something. And, you know, you're you're having thoughts that are you know, not going to lead to good things or you're going to take actions that are going to lead you, um, you know, into an institution or, or somewhere terrible. And I, I just encourage you to, you know, speak up every time I've spoken up. I think there's an equal amount of stigma that we build up in our own minds because of, of just what gets built up around it. And mm -hmm. because people aren't talking about it, but, you know, you know your friends, you know the ones, you know, that you'll be surprised that I've, I've, everyone I've opened up to never heard anything negative. And if anything, you know, it's been positive. Like uh, my old roommate, who I wasn't even that close to, I saw at a party and she was talking to me about, yeah, I'm going through a difficult time. And I just said something like, oh, yeah, I went through this really difficult time when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And she was like, oh, wow, yeah, that's, I, I was just diagnosed. And like, it just became this conversation and this bonding experience. Yeah. And you, you never know what the person on the other end is going through or has gone through. And everyone knows someone that has gone through this and has a story to empathize with you on. So it's, it's, it's scary, but it's, it's really just take that first step and, and be a model on the change you want to see in the world. I love that story. It's so simple, but it really just shows you like, this person that you knew pretty well, I'd assume. And then all of a sudden you're bonding over, you know, she, she's looking for help. She's looking for someone to talk to, even though she maybe doesn't want to outright say it. And just by you sharing what you went through, all of a sudden it's like, holy crap, <laughs> I'm going through such a similar thing. I'm so glad now I have you to talk to. That's amazing. Exactly. And, and you know, you don't always know where to find those people. And that's why I say like, you know, it could feel weird to go to like a support group or something. I was super against it. I was like, support group, like, you know, this is an AA and like, yeah. I, you know, you see it on, on TV and you're like, okay, that just, 
no, that's not me. I don't have that problem. Or like, and it's just like, okay, just go. Like, what's the harm in doing that? And, you know, for me, even the first time I went, I wasn't blown away. I was kind of like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, this isn't going to help me. But I told myself, you know, I'm going to give it three times. And after the third time, I kind of saw the common thread of like, oh, like the reason I thought I'd want to go isn't why I want to go. That's not what I get out of it. Everyone kind of gets something different out of it, but just talking to other people who've been on that journey is so amazing and can give you like the kind of guidance you need because, you know, one, I think everyone should see a therapist, whether or not you, you're going through something. I think it's just a, an incredible resource to have in someone's life. Um, but if you can't, and even if you can, there's so much value in just talking to other people who are going through something similar. Yeah. And, and I think whether it's a support group or it's just a show or something like what you're putting on with Sound Mind, if you think about it, you know, if you're a musician and you want to learn more about playing music or playing shows or just connect with other people who are doing similar things, then you find the music community, you find Facebook groups or meetups or networking events or things like that, where you can connect with people who are doing a similar thing that you're doing. And it goes the same for people who want to learn more about or are dealing with mental health. Why wouldn't you find a community of people who are going through the same thing or want to learn more about the same thing and talk about the same thing? It's, it's not weird. It's not shameful. It's just another way to connect with people and learn more about yourself, which I think is a very, very important part of living, <laughs> literally just living, yeah. and, but especially if you are living with a mental health illness. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting, like when you're going through something mental health related, um, you know, it, it's usually very deep and it's like the deepest of your emotions. And sometimes the frustration of the world is, you know, like, okay, I go hang out with people and I have, you know, conversations and it's fun, but it's like, oh, that, that didn't have the depth of what I'm really going through. Uh, like, I wish I could have more of those conversations. When you find that community, you're like, wow, I can just have these conversations more often. Uh, and you just start to relate to people on a more direct level. And you, you find what you're looking for a little bit more by just reaching out on, a, on something that is you're already thinking about and dealing with on a regular basis. And a lot of it is just breaking down your own walls as well. Absolutely. Well, Chris, I want to thank you so much for sharing your story today and for doing what you are doing. It's so amazing. And we're so lucky to have you as part of the music community. So where can we connect with you further and stay up to date with what Sound Mind is up to? Absolutely. Um, so go on our website. It's uh, soundmindslive.org. Uh, you could also keep up to date on Instagram, uh, which is soundmind underscore live. Um, and yeah, you can join our mailing list online, um, follow us on Instagram for updates. Um, if you're, you know, you'll also see on the site, if you're a musician or music lover who's interested in sharing your story, we're also happy to hear about what you're going through or have gone through, um, because those are things we want to amplify through our shows and just through our community in general. So, um, yeah, hope, hope people reach out and connect and, and Katie, thank you so much for, for having me on the show. Um, it's been an incredible experience talking to you. I'm so happy to have you. And where, again, can we get tickets to the show in New York, which is on May 13th? May 13th, yeah. 13th, okay. uh, on on soundmindlive.org, there's a link to tickets. Um, they are 
uh, filling up fast, which is fantastic. Um, so uh, yeah, check there. Um, they're also available on axs.com. Um, if you look up Sound Mind, a mental health benefit concert. Awesome. So if you're in New York, definitely come to the show. Me and Chris will both be there. So you can come say hi to us. And thank you again so much. I look forward to seeing everything that you have to do that you do upcoming in the next year and years to come. And can't wait for the show and can't wait for everything else you're going to do. Great. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Chris. Bye.